0: It's so much better when you're here than when you're not, okay? (laughs) It's so much better. You know, being in your presence is awesome. Just being in your presence. You know, sometimes, like, you know, when the roads, you go on a trip, we miss you guys. We miss you guys. And, you know, when my wife, we uh, have some times where, uh, you know, she she recently actually took the kids to the Big Island for, um, it was spring break camp. No, summer camp. I took them spring break, and Vanessa took them during the summertime. And they were just gone for three days. But while they were gone, at first I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have some freedom. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be like a bachelor. I can just eat potato chips late at night and, you know, like sleep on the couch. I'm just going to, anyway, watch like movies late. I'm thinking, okay, that's going to be fun. But after the first night, it was like, oh, I miss them. (laughs) This is like... Too lonely at home the bed's like all just i don't even like want to mess up the sheets i just sleep on the top and i'm like waiting for them to come home for two days okay i miss them i miss being with them i miss their presence i miss the the sound in the home and all the laughter and you know it's like that with our relationship with jesus too you know when we're out of our relationship with jesus and kind of far and distant and keeping god at arm's length you know something is missing the presence of god is missing in our lives so jesus he wants to come and be close live within us through his holy spirit and speak to us We can kind of bask in the glory of god bask in his presence and when we do our lives are so much better so much more fulfilled we're able to be used by god and so much more joyful and we can overflow and that's how we're really supposed to live and right now we're continuing on in our journey through the bible as we finish up first samuel we see the story of king saul and we see how king saul blew it he chose to do things in his own wisdom in his own strength and he had everything but he lost it all he lost god's presence his anointing he lost his family his sons eventually he even lost his own life didn't he and then We start moving into the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. Here we are now in our journey from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And in 2 Samuel, we see how David, very beginning, honored Saul even at his death. Even though Saul treated him so poorly, trying to kill him. We talked about that. Honoring the Lord's anointed last time. Honoring, blessing, not blasting. That's what David did. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, David goes on to be anointed as the 12 tribes of Israel who were always battling and fighting and arguing, came together, the elders of the tribes, anointed King David king over all of Israel. 5.10 says, And he, David, became more and more powerful. Why? Because the Lord God Almighty was with him. He was with him. He was in God's presence. He was seeing himself become a man after God's own heart. He was growing in his relationship with God. He was desiring to be more and more with God in his presence, closer with God. And David begins to move the capital to Jerusalem. And as he's moving the capital to Jerusalem, he says, we've got to have the ark of God. The ark of the Lord is the presence of God. And it has to be in the city of God. It has to be with the people of God. Why is it going to remain in this town outside of a city? It has to come into the city of David. 2 Samuel chapter 6. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and open it up. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. David again brought together out of Israel, chosen men, 30,000 in all. This is no small group. He and all his men set out from Baalah of Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim that are on the Ark. They're on the Ark. So in the Old Testament... We see that the presence of God, the ark, was the holder of God's presence. The ark was the place where the glory of God dwelled on earth. So this is very important. The ark, very holy. Leviticus 16.2 The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain. In front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. God will appear. The presence of God, the ark. So, David, we see, brings a massive group of people to bring in the glory of God into the city. The question for us is how are we to experience God's presence? Like David, he really wanted God's presence, he wanted the people to have God's presence. How are we to experience the presence of God in our lives? How are we to grow in our relationship with him? Number one, you can write in your notes. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Get rid of the distractions in your life. Get rid of all the stuff that's going to keep you from the most important thing in your life. Jesus, from experiencing him. From experiencing His Holy Spirit within our lives, our relationship with God. Second Samuel, moving on, verses three through five. They set the ark of God on a new cart, and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahiel, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it. Ahiel was walking in front of it. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with songs and har- with harps lyres tambourines sistrums and cymbals So notice here Bible's very intentional in every word every verse Did you notice what they put the ark of God on It was a new cart It was a new cart and The new cart is representative of things that are new and shiny and the latest gadgets. And this is something where, yes, they wanted to honor the ark. So they got, you know, the latest thing. And you can just imagine how this thing was like all tricked out, okay? This thing was carrying the ark, so it had to be top of the line. It's a brand new cart with the ark of God on it. And just like our lives, we have a lot of fancy new stuff. We think, oh yeah, you know what, this is going to make my life... Better. (laughs) This is going to make my life even more holy. It's going to draw me closer to God. You know, yesterday I was in the Apple store. Took Miley, my oldest daughter. We're on a daddy daughter date. And we're hanging out. And we're checking out the new Cherokee. And we're walking around. Oh, let's go to the Apple store, Dad. So we go into the Apple store. She's like, oh, the Apple, what is iPhone 8 came out recently. And what's the other one? Is it called the 10? Is it 10? I don't know. What, what happened to 9? It's like, did 9 just get left out? Okay, so here we are like Apple 8, Apple 10, and there's the people they there packing in the Apple store. And I'm just looking around, and I'm like, I feel so intimidated because I'm not a techie. And so I walk in, and I feel like one of those guys. I just stand by this thing. I don't even know what it is. I feel intimidated at, right at the entrance. I'm like going to put my trash in it. And the guy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, what? He said, that's the umbrella holder. oh sorry i thought it was a fancy trash can you know apple so i don't even know what i'm doing in there and i'm like okay and she's checking out all the gadgets and everything and i'm thinking wow look at all these people they are like so into it "Ah, i have an iphone too and you know i'm like okay this this thing is cool but you know a lot of times for me personally the apple whole thing and computers and ipads and iPhones, they're great. But a lot of times for me, it can be a distraction. For others of you, actually I talked about it. I said, you know, uh, we should really bring our Bibles that have pages in it. (laughs) But actually, somebody really woke me up and said, their iPhone is actually a help for them. So for you, some of you, you might not have that temptation. You might know how to wield the sword correctly and use that iPhone to really be a blessing for you spiritually. And if it's going to draw you closer to Jesus, then what? We'll use it. Why not, right? Amen? But for me, I, don't, I can't because I'm just wanting to check fantasy football at church. Okay. I'm like, am I winning? Am I losing? Okay, so that's me personally. So a lot of times all this stuff is taking our attention off of what is truly, truly important, right? For you, what is that in your life? What stuff is keeping you from Keeping your focus. What's the new cart in your life that you have to say? Gotta put it down or learn how to use it correctly. Okay? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Matthew six twenty-one, Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where are you putting your treasure? Okay? Learn to be content with the simple things in life. You know you watch HD T V. You know, you got all this small, what is it, tiny house things going on. I like Fixer Upper. Chip and Joanna Gaines, they're the best. Y'all ready to see your new Fixer Upper? All right. That's my favorite part. Then they cut the commercial. I'm like, oh, I want to see it. But then after that comes the tiny house thing, and everyone's going tiny house. Okay, they're trying to simplify, getting rid of all their stuff. That's what we got to do. We got to get back to what we are Simply content with the basics, you and God. You and your family. You and your God-given mission and purpose. Food, water, the Bible. A home to live in. Clothes. God's going to provide it all. Just the basics. Are you content with living a simple lifestyle? Or do you need the tiny uh, Do you need the tiny cart? Do you need the new cart? All right. Moving on, verse six. With great fanfare, they were moving the ark. It was all everybody was excited. David, they're bringing the ark into the city. He got the new cart, the ark on it. When the they came, when they came to the threshing floor, Nacon Uza reached out and took hold of the ark because the oxen stumbled. So you're moving the ark, the new cart. Oh, wasn't that great? The Oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark. He tried to touch the ark, take hold of it. Dead. All right. So, what started out as a day just to really be a huge celebration, usher in the presence of God into the city, ended up actually concentrating a lot more on the celebration than it was on the very thing they were celebrating, the presence of God, the ark. It's like they forgot about God. Their attention was being paid on everything else. Next thing you know, the oxen's stumbling, the ark's falling off. How could that happen? How could they let that happen? The ark is tipping over. So David... He realizes his mistake. One of his friends dies, right? He paid the ultimate price. David is confused. David is upset. David is afraid of the ark. He's fearful of the ark. What does he do? Then, verse 8, Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. You can hear what he's thinking. Just trying to do a good thing. Bring in the presence of God. Where did I go wrong? What happened? To this day, that place is called Perez Uza. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the Ark of the Lord ever come to me? What am I going to do? Is How many more people are going to die? What's going to happen? He was not willing to take the Ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The Ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. David is thinking, okay, saw what happened the first time. But now, what's going on? The presence of God is blessing this family that I dropped off the ark to. I've got to get the presence of God back here. We've got to do it a better way. There has to be a better way of doing this. We need the presence of God in the city of God. The people need to be blessed. That's like so many of our churches nowadays too. Crying out, Lord, we're doing a lot of things for you. You know what? We're doing all this and that. We're busy. But most of all, Lord, we just need you. We just need your presence. So we have that same cry out like David had. So David starts, take two. Okay, take two. Bringing in the ark. This time I'm going to do it differently. Verse 12. Now King David was told, The Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord, and I'll stop there, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord, so the first time they had the new cart, the fancy schmancy new cart, it didn't even work, right? Right? This time they simply have four priests on their shoulders carrying the ark. Fancy? No. Effective? Yes. It's carrying the ark right there on their shoulders. Very simple, no fanfare. It's allowing them to concentrate on what it's really all about. No extra stuff. You know, a lot of times it takes losing heard a story today it was somebody was telling me financial planner he lost everything and it brought him back to the lord helped him to concentrate more on the lord and a lot of times that's what happens we have to lose it all or lose someone or something in order for our attention to be focused on what's truly important right i don't want to be that person i know you don't want to be that person either I want to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to simplify my life right now so I can better focus on God. May the Lord give us the power to do that. Amen. That's number one. Number two, take time to worship and praise the Lord throughout the day. Worship the Lord throughout the day. Second half of verse 13. Awesome spiritual lesson for us. When those who are carrying the ark of the Lord, remember they're carrying it on their what? Shoulders. When they were carrying the ark of the Lord, they had taken six steps. He sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Whoa! Six steps, they sacrifice a bull and a fattened calf. Now their attention is being paid squarely upon what's most important the Lord's presence. They're walking six steps, they've got to do sacrifices. Six steps, another sacrifice. We're not talking about small sacrifice. We're talking about a bull. Have you ever seen a bull? How long did that take? The Bible doesn't say. I would think it would take months. Okay? They've got to sacrifice every six steps. Is that tedious? Does that sound impractical? Does that sound difficult? Yes. And that's the whole point. David was intentionally saying, Lord, I respect you, I want your presence. I honor you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Lord, you are worthy of my praise. You know, it must have been such a long, hard journey. To offer a sacrifice of praise is, though. A sacrifice is a sacrifice. It's not supposed to be easy. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to take time throughout our day, even though it's hard. Even though it's difficult. Even though it's going to take some sacrifice. You know, we're all busy. We all have things to do. Our schedule is too much. In fact, for me this weekend, it was too much. So much things going on with weddings and everything else. And you know, we all have to learn. We're going to make certain sacrifices to connect and usher in the presence of God into our lives. Some people say, I don't have time right we hear that a lot but what we have to do is make time right we have to stop every six steps everyone look at your neighbor tell them stop every six steps okay stop every six steps throughout your day okay it's not literal so some of you leave this okay oh pastor max six steps i got you no don't do that that's weird okay it's throughout the day you're continually being in the presence of God. You know what? Sometimes we have to offer a sacrifice to take time in our day to pray. Make time in our day to pray. Make time in our day to read His Word. Have a daily time with Him in His Word. Give of your time. Give of your resources. When everyone else is moving super fast, that you would say, I'm going to slow down. When everyone else is getting all the latest and greatest stuff and spending all their hard-earned money, that you would say, you know what, I don't need that. When everyone else is saying, why take a stand for the Lord, that you would take a stand for the Lord. Every six steps, you would be able to offer a sacrifice of praise throughout your day. Is that good? Okay, moving on, verse 14. When we're able to make sacrifices for Jesus and walk in that and learn to do that, we're going to look We're going to stand out a little bit. We're going to look a little bit foolish. Why? Because we're going to be living a life of praise and worship. Because we're going to be in the presence of God. Check out what David did in verse 14. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. If I just make that regular English, that's when David was wearing his undies, his underwear, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. David was in his underwear in front of everybody, okay? Bringing in the ark, verse 15, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. So here is David dancing in his underwear, all his might, okay, no shame, just going for it, right? He's in the freedom, he's in the joy that comes from being in the presence of the Lord. The glory of the Lord was there. They're soaking it all in. It's overflowing in his life. And it was like the breath of God was moving through him powerfully. Second Samuel. Let's, con- let's compare this to verses 6. Sorry, chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Remember, it talked about they set the ark on the God with a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab. Moving on. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. And so we see here the first time they brought it in, the first time they brought in the ark, it was all hand-played instruments. I think there are six different instruments. Every one of them is hand-played. Like I said, the Bible is very intentional in every word, every scripture verse. These are all hand instruments. What does that mean? God is trying to tell us, you know what, they're bringing it in, they're doing everything in their own power. They're doing everything in their own strength. You know... The celebration was all about them. Church can get like that. We do so much stuff, we forget about the one who we're worshiping. Our lives can be doing so many different things for our families, for our jobs and everything else. We forget about the one. We think we can make it happen. We forget about the Lord. Right? It's not supposed to be like that. Not supposed to be like that. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. You know, this time when they brought the ark in, they brought the ark in with, says, shouts and with the trumpets. And David was dancing before the Lord, shouts and the trumpets. Those two things are instruments. Your voice is actually an instrument before the Lord, if you think about it. And when you're using your voice, it's like the wind, the breath of God. When using the trumpet, it's like you're using the wind, the breath of God. So compare those two in, those instruments. The first time they brought it was all hand, doing it by themselves, their hands, your own strength, your own power. Second time, there's freedom there, the Holy Spirit is there, the breath of God. The Bible talks about in the Old Testament, the breath of God, same breath God breathed into Adam when He formed Him. It's called the Ruach of God, the breath. The wind of God, the Holy Spirit is representative of that. Like in the upper room, remember? The wind came. The fire came. It's like what happened to Carrie. God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. That's number three. Worship in the Spirit, not your own power. Worship in the Spirit, not your own power. David experienced joy and freedom enough to dance in his underwear, which is so weird. But you know, he's got the, your king out here, and he's looking foolish for the Lord. Why? Because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's saying, God, you're worthy of my attention. You know, sometimes it takes people to show us, you know, we've got to be a little bit nuts. We've got to do things the world would not approve of. We have to keep in step with his spirit. Zechariah 4.6 6. Not by might, not by nor by power, but my, by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. When you are filled with God's Spirit, you don't feel like you have to do it in your own strength. You feel like you're set free. You can just dance and sing to the Lord. You don't care how bad you sound. Like when you go karaoke, you just sing it out. Okay? Same thing at church. When you're at home, wherever you are, just praising and worshiping the Lord not just in your voice, but everything you do, you'll be free and want to sing and dance and shout out to the Lord. Verse 16. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. So Michael, daughter of Saul, right? Kind of the opposite family. Somebody who's kind of Coming from that royal lineage, there's a proper way of worship, David, and you're not doing it. You're in your underwear in front of everyone. Hello. Michael's like, uh-oh. So she's like that person who hasn't experienced the presence of the Lord in her life. She's trying to do it in her own strength, her own power, and you know, so quick to judge, so quick to condemn. Somebody who lives more by the rules rather than in relationship with Jesus. There's a lack of joy. There's a lack of creativity and a lack of stepping out for the Lord. Have you ever met those people? Are they any fun to be around? No. Right? Sometimes we just have to be a little foolish. You know, they say, everybody's a fool for something or someone. I'll be a fool for Jesus. I'll be a fool for Jesus. Are you willing to step out and be a fool for Jesus? That's what happens when we're filled with His Spirit. Verse 17, They brought the Ark of the Lord and set it in his place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. The Ark comes to rest there in Jerusalem. They're still offering sacrifices. Right? He does... The burnt offerings, the fellowship offerings. He offers everything to the Lord. The ark is there in the city of God. The presence of God is in the city. Then he blesses the people. I like that. You know, we are called to be living sacrifices, offer sacrifices of praise, but aren't you thankful that we don't have to offer up burnt sacrifices, kill animals, do animal sacrifices, that we don't live by that old covenant. Number four, quickly finishing up. Praise God that the sacrifice has been made once and for all. Praise God. Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice. We don't have to continue to strive for God's forgiveness, to strive for his approval, to make a big fanfare of everything, To have this and that and the other. We don't have to try to prove we're an awesome Christian and all that stuff. All we have to do is simply allow Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross to overtake us, to be filled with his Holy Spirit, that we would live a life of freedom and joy and purpose. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 says, It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with him, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will we have all been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And I'll leave it there. We have all been made holy by Jesus' sacrifice once and for all. We don't have to offer up sacrifices any longer. It's already been paid. The blood of the lamb has already been shed. All we have to do is receive it. Will you stand with me? We'll have the worship team coming up here, and we're going to have a little bit of time where we could just soak in the presence. Of God. You know, like Carrie was praying, in our alpha team, we, we have these days where we do um, throughout the course. It's training on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. and our leaders are filled, and we go out, and we're able to live in that overflow, being filled with the spirit and just pouring out. Through Alpha, it's one of the most important days, too. Is when people come and they are able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe they say yes to Jesus for the very first time on that Alpha Holy Spirit day. Maybe you're here today and for the first time you're saying, you know what, wow, something is clicking. I have too much stuff in my life. I need to simplify. Maybe you're saying, I need to take more time in my day to be a living sacrifice because what I'm doing right now is a little too comfortable. It needs to hurt a little bit more. I need to make more time for God's presence in my life. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I'm trying to worship God in my own power rather than in the Holy Spirit's power. Maybe there's a lack of joy or a lack of freedom, a lack of stepping out and looking a little foolish like David did for the Lord. If that's you today, God wants to say, okay he's paid the price for you once and for all the lamb of god, god his blood has been shed for you once and for all let's pray heavenly father we thank you jesus that you are the perfect lamb of god who has taken away the sins of the world and you've come that we might know you and lord you've come that we might have a relationship with God once again. Lord, I pray anybody here has never said yes to you, they would simply say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me on the cross. Thank you that your blood was shed for the forgiveness of my sin. I receive that forgiveness right now. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody here that needs to be filled afresh, that needs to be filled with this Holy Spirit, you would just extend your arms and you would say, Lord, I need more of you today. I need you to bring back your presence into my city, to my home, into my life, to my business, to my family right now. Come Holy Spirit. Just like David, desiring the ark of God, the presence of God to come back. Come Holy Spirit, come and fill us as a church. just wait in his presence come Holy Spirit come and fill us afresh right now Lord Fill us right now, Lord. God, we don't want to do it in our own strength anymore, Lord. We want to be fully dependent and have our focus be squarely upon you, God. Jesus, that you would be all that we need. We don't need any other stuff. Holy Spirit, come and fill us, Lord. Just take some time right now but you and God this is a time that you have with him right now this is a space just like David that you would say you know what I don't care what anybody else thinks I care what you think God Holy Spirit come we desire your presence we want to go deeper with you Lord we're not content with how things are Lord we don't want to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results Sanity Lord. God, we are just unashamed and we just say we want you, Jesus. We want our focus, we want our hearts to be squarely upon you. Come Holy Spirit. That we would experience your presence today. That we would walk in your presence, Lord. We would walk in your spirit. That we would overflow in our lives. word of encouragement, a word of love over you, he might be giving you a vision, some kind of a a new idea, a thought, a creative way of getting to know him deeper, maybe he's saying get rid of this or add that, may the Holy Spirit speak to you now, come Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Lord might be giving you a spiritual gift like he did with Carrie. Maybe he's giving you a deeper faith, a gift of faith. Maybe he's giving you a word for somebody. You know, break that. That Michael, the daughter of Saul, she's scoffing at that. She didn't experience freedom. A reckless abandon to worship and be in God's presence. But break that spirit, that spirit is over you. You just say, Be gone in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom in my life. I declare that I'm unashamed just to worship you, Lord. I can come with an open heart, with open hands, and say, yep, Jesus is my Lord. He did it all for me. I'm forgiven, and I'm free, and I'm filled with God's Spirit. Come, Lord.
1: of your majesty. We'd love to be your presence, guest
0: all that we desire. Lord, we thank you that you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And we say, Lord, we love you. King Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that we're in the presence of the King this morning. about trying to please you, Lord. We don't have to worry about trying to earn our way. All we have to do is be in your presence. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would come in the most real and powerful ways by your Holy Spirit. That you would continue to anoint us with your presence. Saturate us like oil dripping down all over us. Like a cloud of your presence. That we would leave here, Lord, and the week, we would be in your presence. And that would be enough. And that's all you want. We thank you so much, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the Church said, Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for being a little bit late in our worship today. That's good. Have a blessed Sunday. Give somebody a high five or a hug.